everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, that's the King, and we're here to talk some NFL. We're going to talk about breakout stars for 2016, QB options uh, going into the new season, and a little bit of Bosa as well. How's it going, King? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad, man. Oh, it's getting close! It is, not long now. Oh, I keep opening up my calendar every day and, you know... As the days count down. It is very exciting. I can't wait. And this not long till London either. No, but this is our last week where we can't really talk about predictions for a game. So next week we finally get to start talking about week one. We do. <laughs> I know, I know. Until then, we're not going to talk about pre-season because it doesn't really count. It doesn't. I'm, I'm with the score. I don't know about you, King, but I would prefer it if they only had two pre-season games and gave us two extra regular season games. Or just even one regular season game extra. I'm not greedy. No, Give I... us one less week of banality yeah. for one actual week that it meant something. Yeah, it's only it's only interesting for the team that's on hard knocks. <laughs> and it's not been particularly exciting this season. So no. I'm not invested with the Rams yet. I don't know how you could get invested with the Rams, to be honest. No, there's teams that I have been invested in. I, I enjoyed Bill O'Brien. He was good last season. But yeah, Rams, not so much. Mm. Even the Bengals, they were right on mm. their hard knocks season. Uh, we're digressing already. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about what most people have been talking about over this off season, apart from Joey Bosa and Kaepernick not standing up, was uh, the two quarterbacks that are going to be taking the first snaps in both Denver and in Dallas. Yeah, recent announcements. Double Ds. Yep, starters both been named for week one. Yeah, who you thought it was going to be? No, probably not. I think it certainly isn't what who Mark Sanchez thought it would be. No. Um, and certainly not what the Cowboys probably thought it would be. No, but I think they uh, they're probably pleasantly surprised that they've they found an adequate backup. Well, we did talk about Prescott a bit last week, so we won't dwell too much on that. But of course, that was before Romo did his traditional getting injured as soon as he saw a defender, and uh, it's a broken bone. It's at least half the season, he's on the the pup list. Uh, you know. Will he play again, I think, is the bigger question, rather than Dak Prescott starting. Yeah, they, um, they're they expecting him to come back in week eight, hopefully, after their bye week. And um, that is dependent, isn't it, King, on how well Prescott's done? I think, it, what, I Prescott's think, got him on a winning record? I think potentially. They're, they're, we've seen situations where people have beaten out established pros, Tom Brady being the most glaring. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Brett Favre did the same thing, didn't he? Yeah, Brett Favre did the same. You know, there, there's Kaepernick did for Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there are there are examples where an established younger player has come in, probably overachieved and and managed to beat out a veteran. It's a shame for for Romo because we touched on you know him being undrafted previously, and that was one of the things we liked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's disappointing to see someone whose whose career has sort of been cut short by injury rather than in you know lack of performance. So I did see a good stat, and you loved it. You love a stat. But how Troy Aikman retired at 34 due to injury. That's interesting. And Romo's already 36. Yeah. So he's out It wasn't concussions, it was just, you know, your body getting battered. And Aikman, obviously, Aikman had got the Super Bowl ring, so it was easier for him to walk away. But he did walk away, and that was two years younger than Tony Romo. You just got a feel for him that at this stage, when you just, a bit like Arian Foster, isn't it, where you just can't stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. How long until you throw in the towel? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and and it's not. We touched on potentially could do what Brady did and take pay cuts each season. But if Prescott comes in and lights it up, anything like he's been doing in preseason, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think those offers are going to be on the table, even with no, a pay cut. No. So that's going to be difficult for Romo. Um, I, I do think, though, that they've that they've got options. I don't necessarily think this is like last season where I wouldn't pick them at all. No, you um, didn't. To win any games once once Romo was out. I do think they've got they've got more opportunity to actually win some games this season. Mm. Um, won that division was poor last year if it's anything like it was the NFC least yeah. absolutely then it's um, it's up for grabs and from what I've seen from Ezekiel Elliott so far behind that O-line uh, could be something special mm-hmm. and uh, also he adds one thing I noticed it when he's playing at Ohio State he is one of the most pro-ready running backs I've ever seen I know that sounds like a weird statement to make but he is a three down back, which is gonna he's that he just adds so much value because he can stay in on third down plays, yeah, third and longs because his blocking ability he's gonna go in as one of the best blockers in the league at running back as a rookie. That's, which is that's crazy. the thing, is that for rookies they don't often do the blocking. Yeah, well he knows how so to if pick you've up got blitz someone schemes. Who can do that. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And they've already started having inquiries for McFadden. Yeah, from some other teams. I'm not quite sure why, but you know well, he had a good season, but. It was again on on that O line, so yeah, not quite sure if you take McFadden somewhere else, which isn't quite so secure. Whether he's just going to turn into old Darren McFadden. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, with McFadden, I think you know certainly his stats were um, accentuated due to that offensive line mm-hmm. and the fact that they had no trust in any of the quarterbacks last last year to throw the ball once mm-hmm. Romo went out. So. He got he got fed the ball probably more than they would like to. I do think they they are a run first team, so that's you know it. it I don't think it was inflated as much as potentially people are saying, but there's not an offensive line like that anywhere else in the league. So you think they want to keep Alden McFadden just as a backup? Yeah, but he's an expensive third stringer because yeah. Alfred Morris is going to be the second running back there, isn't he? So he's mm. not. That's an expensive third stringer for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can you can pick up people, free agents, and undrafted free agents to come in and, and do a job as a third option. But look at us, King. We're talking about QBs, and now we're talking about running backs. We are. So let's leave Dallas alone because everything's bigger in Dallas. I'll probably pay for it all. Can let's I just talk? Can oh, I just you want to say one more thing about one Dallas? more thing? Actually. I'll let say one more thing, King. But that's it. Actually, no. I will cover it later in the podcast. <laughs> so that's fine. That's oh, fine. you again. All right. Okay. So let's move on to uh, to Denver. 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 Can I actually say that one more thing? Oh, you're going to go back again? I am going to go back. I'm the king. I'll do what I want. make your own rules all the time. Yeah. Go on then. Tell me about the Cowboys. I am still worried about the Cowboys' defence, though, because I don't think they've necessarily addressed it in the draft. Jalen Smith, I think, is going to be a fantastic player if they can have him healthy. Mm. But they haven't... Other than that, I don't think they addressed any needs. And they were 19th in sacks last season, 17th in yards per game. 16th, 16th in points per game. This is the most glaring issue for me, which is why Ramsey could have been an option for them at four. Is they were, um, they only had 11 turnovers last season or takeaways. Eight? 11 takeaways last season. Right. And they were a minus 22 differential compared to <laughs> compared to how many takeaways they gave they gave away. Right. Which is dead last in the league. Oh, so what? although I think Elliot is special. I think they could have addressed it later in the draft and maybe or in free agency potentially traded for some players to actually shore up that that defense because if mm. you're not getting interceptions and you're not getting f- forcing fumbles you know and also you're not sacking the quarterback you know it's it's going to be a long old time that defense is on the field for 
So that that would be my only thing. But I think that with Prescott performing and, and Ezekiel Elliott, they could potentially still win that division. Even despite those astounding stats I've just come out with. You, yes, you have found stats, King. And you, Thank you. You love a stat. I do. I love a emotion rather than a stat. Yeah, there you go. I'm Apart stat- from six Super Bowls, I like that stat. Yeah. So um, let's talk... <laughs> shaking your head. Let's talk about Denver then. Because obviously we know what happened with their quarterbacks. One of them had to retire because um, it was getting embarrassing. Yep. Uh, managed to get a Super Bowl ring. Uh, yeah, good for they him. had Brock Osweiler, who was the uh, the page boy for a few years there behind the old sheriff. Yeah. Learning the book. Not getting his chance time after time when he probably should have done. And then he goes off, doesn't he, for mega money to the Texans. Yeah, he was a bit of an enigma. I don't think he had many games. So we... They could have used him more. I remember plenty of times when he could have come on fourth quarters and things. and Yeah. And giving them a go. And then when he did finally get a chance last season, he played some games. Okay, he didn't have more than a good half each time he played a game. But then as soon as, you know, as, soon as it got a little bit hairy again, they brought back Peyton. And I don't think there was any difference, was there, in no. quarterback play? No, I don't think so. I he, think... Got, he got a rough deal as far as I'm concerned. And I think he felt the same way. I don't, I don't necessarily... Slighted. I don't think he did have a rough deal. I think ultimately it's Peyton Manning. And, and Manning got taken out of a game for playing possibly the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play. <laughs> but despite his inconsistency at the beginning of the season... They were still winning games. It's really difficult, yeah. despite poor performance, to take quarterbacks out of games. The you know the Kansas City game where he you know he was he what he'd thrown what four interceptions on yes twenty four, attempts, five, yeah. which is just crazy. Um, he had to come out of that game, but I I don't necessarily think Osweiler showed me anything to you know we talked about das, Dak Prescott potentially beating out Romo there's still a chance Romo comes straight back in and starts but if Prescott really puts in solid performances and actually wins you games then it's going to be a difficult decision Osweiler didn't do that Osweiler came in and didn't lose you games which Manning was already doing anyway Uh, despite how you know (laughs) despite how badly we all thought he was playing they were still winning a lot of the games at the start of the season scraping them weren't they yeah so I don't think Osweiler was hard done by I just don't think he did enough to actually deserve that starting job well the Texans obviously rate him or you get that thing where you start getting desperate and we see this with a few teams out there if you don't have that franchise quarterback Mm -hmm. how far are you going to stretch for one and I think the the call came down didn't it from the, the higher ups in Houston that they had to make a splash in free agency I think it was more a, a call came down to Bill O'Brien saying yeah. you need to start winning more games. Well, you had to get someone in there at QB. You couldn't have another season with Hoyer and uh, Mallet. Well, Mallet had gone, hadn't he, to the Ravens halfway through the year. But yeah, Hoyer well, and the, Savage. The point was that they started the season. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. QB controversy between those two. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think that's that was sort of my the enigma statement was they paid a lot of money for someone we don't we still don't know much about. So Peyton's out to pasture. Osweiler's in Houston. Yeah. And now they're left with the only other QB that was there last year who's got a QB Super Bowl ring. (laughs) Trevor Simeon. Yep. Super Bowl winner. Super Bowl winning Simeon, yeah. He's uh, played one snap, which was a knee at the end of the first half against the Steelers last year. Yeah. So So congratulations. He's not friendly. One for minus one. Yeah. Wasn't the worst quarterback rating uh, last season. No. And then they've brought in the Sanchez. Yeah. To, you know, really... Get some bums on seats. Yeah, and then he'll run into them. Yep. And then we've got Paxton Lynch in the draft. They traded back up into the first round, if I'm not 
Hugely mistaken, King. They did trade back up into the first round, yeah. So, yeah, they got Paxton Lynch, and everything we hear is the kid ain't ready. Yeah, he's not played an offence, anything like a pro system. Mm. Uh, he's rarely, if ever, been under centre. So he's he's normally out of shotgun, plays a lot of read option. He's hugely athletic. His arm strength's ridiculous, but he he's not yet... Um, He's not yet reading defences enough. He's not sort of digested the playbook enough. And they don't want him to have a complete knock on confidence prior to. Which makes sense. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good idea. And they've got a defence that's going to win him a, a handful of games each season anyway. So they could still potentially be playoff bound. Check out Gruden's QB camp video for details on Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. He does look good. It's Simeon's. Simeon's an interesting. One. He's another enigma. I he think he didn't have a great college career, and he got injured on his last season as well, didn't he? So yeah, he didn't. He didn't have a great season. No. So in his last two years in college, I think he was eighteen touchdowns, twenty interceptions. Yeah. It, you know, and that he so he played in Northwestern. I think one thing that has helped him, he played a year behind Peyton Manning, even though it was a diminished version. He definitely he's knows still... the playbook, doesn't he? I yeah, think that's yeah. the only thing that's going for him is that he knows the playbook. Well, he's the only one that's been there more than well, a year. Yeah, yeah. So that that was the that was easy for but, him I mean, to know the playbook more than, more than Johnny Manziel never learned the playbook. No, it's true. But Johnny Manziel is, is not not everyone learns playbooks. No, Johnny Manziel is, is Vince Young never, never going to play again. Neither is Vince Young. So that's, <laughs> that that tells you what not learning the playbook does. Exactly, it means yeah. you're out of the league. Um, I think the key thing for Trevor Simeon actually is. Devontae Booker, he could be the difference between Simeon winning and losing games because okay. they've got the defence there and Booker, I think, besides Elliot, who is special, Booker was my second favourite running back in the draft and he was at Utah. He had 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, but he only played 10 games. Wow. So he missed two games. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. And... If he can do anything like that, and he's looked pretty decent, I've noticed they keep playing Booker with Simeon in preseason. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to sort of build up some sort of relationship there. Um, he could really help them because if they can establish the run, go back to establishing the run and playing good defense, then I think the Broncos are in line to win that division because Chargers aren't ready yet. Kansas City, I'm always worried about their health. They had a good run, didn't they? But you've got Houston who's. Officially out for at least the first six games due to the ACL yeah, that's, injury he sustained last year. Yeah, that's difficult. That's a massive loss for them. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah, so You're right, they, they went on the run, didn't they? Because if you remember last season, the Chiefs were like one and five. Yeah. Especially after Jamal Charles went down, they they kept they lost a couple more games. And it was really, you know, was it the London game that we watched where they finally turned it around? Yeah, it was. Alex Smith had a beast. Okay. Yeah, and they just went on a 10-game run after that, didn't they? So, yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I always I always question Kansas City's health because if Macklin's injured, which he tends to get injured fairly regularly, Jamal Charles the same thing, which is a shame. So I think he's fantastic. And uh, they and do have Chuck Hendrick West and Spencer Ware, don't they? They do, but they're not they're not Jamal Charles, are they? But I think that and Houston, their best defensive play in uh, in Houston being out is is a big issue. They've got they've got other players to come in, but. You know, um, Tabahali's aging. I don't necessarily see him as a sort of fifteen to twenty sack mm. person, defensive sort of linebacker, defensive end type player, which which Houston is and, and has shown over the over the last few seasons. So the main threat really to 
to the Broncos is the Raiders. And <laughs> they're still, I think they're still in that young, have they emerged yet kind yeah. of bracket. Yeah. So it depends. They're very quiet this offseason, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They have. It's rare for the Raiders to be quiet about anything. Yeah, they've got they've got a nice nucleus of players, but it's just a case of mm. are they ready to take that next step and really challenge? Yeah, because they're competing with the Denver Broncos team that has, you know, the age old let's run the ball and play good defense. They've which got the tends pedigree to, now, haven't they? Absolutely, and 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 they got you know they got the bit between their teeth where they won the Super Bowl last year, so they know they can win it despite not being the best team last year. No, but the best defensive team. So it's it's that age old yeah. analogy. Defense, defense wins wins, championships. wins championships absolutely. So that that's proven once again. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to see what happens with Simeon because I think if he can be a game, I hate that phrase. Yeah, come on. So what, what's going to happen with these two teams this year? Then are you saying now that Simeon's an upgrade on Peyton Manning? No, I'm not because Manning Manning still from a from his just purely from a mental standpoint was head and shoulders above. He also there's an assurance that comes with having Peyton Manning under centre and a belief in your team. It's that name, isn't it? It does scare the other other team. Well, absolutely. And he's a leader as well. And, and, and you know, Simeon at least has been ingrained within that team for for sort of the 12 months. So, yeah, he's built up some relationships. Clearly, they're trying to build, start to, start to get a relationship built between him and Devontae Booker, which is hugely important for them. Um, but it comes down to that defence. If they can, if they can recreate anything like they had last season they're going to be in games um, so yeah I think they're, they're still a playoff team for me the, the Broncos I think that Dallas are also potentially a playoff team but I can't I, yeah well I'm everyone was a potentially a playoff team no, in that division I know so. that's that's a cop out but <laughs> I you, how's it like on the fence they're in, it's really good they um, yeah I think that they could they could win their division but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to say <laughs> definitively they are going to win it yet. I need to see the first couple of games and then I'll make a decision. Which way are you twitching for week one? Do you think the, the Cowboys are going to go for just because of Prescott or? I need to see the matchups. I'll, I'll right. do. Predi- well, I'll we'll predict next talk week. about that next week. I'll predict yeah. next week. Yeah, don't put me under pressure this week. <laughs> we're putting the pressure. I mean, I've never heard of this Devontae Booker. You know, you haven't, you haven't spoken about him before. Yeah, You're no. keeping things from me, King. I am. It's mainly because we got a fantasy draft I'm this feeling... week. Ah, oh, that explains it. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't have let that one slip. Devontae <laughs> Booker. Right. Okay. Just write that down. All right. Well, we're gonna have a break now. I think, King, because yeah. I think we've said enough for this first part. Absolutely. But join us again for part two. Don't go anywhere. Hey, welcome back to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. You just heard us talk about, among other things, the recent QB announcements in Denver and in Dallas. So for part two, King, we're going to look at players that we think are going to have a better year or just a good first year for 2016. Yep, some breakout stars. Breakout stars. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going first? Well, as you're the king, I think you should go first. I should go first, should I? I defer to you on all things, King. Fantastic. I'm going to start with Thomas Rawls, the running back out of the Seattle Seahawks. Tommy Rawls. Tommy Rawls. He showed me some things last year which Did make he? me think he is going to excel this year. So, As in just lighting up every game he played? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Setting the record for a rookie Seattle Seahawks rush, rushing record in, mm-hmm. in one game, uh, which was pretty impressive. But yeah, so his, his 2015 stats, just to go through them, he had 830 rushing yards four touchdowns, average of 5.6 yards per carry, yep. which is huge. Yep. Um, and he actually started as a backup 
and then got injured in week 14. So that was a really small sample size to have that much production. Yeah, and he started behind Marshall Lynch. He absolutely did. And Fred Jackson. So if he could have... Well, if he can emulate that over a 16-game season, he doesn't even have to improve, and he's going to be an elite runner. So from from that perspective, he's (laughs) going to have 13, 1,400 yards. So as long as he stays healthy, you're saying... I'm thinking he doesn't even need to change or get better. If he performs exactly the same... Yeah. He is, yeah. He's going to rush for thirteen, fourteen hundred yards, and all of a sudden, people are going to be sort of considering him as as a top five rusher. In my opinion, well, yeah, he in was my... for the majority of the season then. Yeah, last season. Yeah, for yeah, in the middle, certainly in the middle, well, early to middle part of the season, he was yeah a standout rusher. Yeah. So, do you not agree with this? Well, it, it feels quite easy as a pick until you realise obviously that he did suffer quite a bad injury he did and you never know you don't some injuries whether you're going to come back so all right, I'll give I'll give you that one then King you know certain people wouldn't some people say that was safe soft yeah and uh, you know yeah well I don't think I won't say it though I won't say that was an easy thing to say there just because you picked someone yeah who had massive production on a consistent level I appreciate that from the time they went into the team to the moment they got injured yeah you know I won't I won't say that. No, don't. Don't say that. I appreciate you not I saying that. Because, you know, I've seen that injuries can ruin careers. They can, absolutely. But I, d- I don't it's think... It's unlikely, but, you know, it could happen. I don't think he's a star, though. Do you hear him Do you hear him in that conversation with Gurley and, and Peterson yet? End of the season, you will, mate. <laughs> okay, That's the right. point of breakout stars. <laughs> You're welcome. What's yours, all then? Right. I'm interested okay. to see yours. Well, Hit me what? with two, actually. Hit me with two. You're, hang on a minute, what? <laughs> Me and Brow beating here. Okay, right. Well, my first one then will be Will Fuller v. I mean the fifth. Oh, you picked Willie him. Fuller. You picked him as your one of your rookies, I believe. I did. Standout. Well, best I picks in the draft. I couldn't pick him as one of the standouts from the first round of the draft, and then not really come back with him here because he's. I think he's going to have a great season. Okay. I think that alongside DeAndre, uh, you've got the Miller there as well. It's just all geared. Fingers crossed for the Texans to have a really good offensive year. And Will Fuller, look at the boy, six foot one, hundred seventy-two pounds. I know you love a stat out of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Um, you basically redshirted as a freshman. Yeah. He averages between fourteen and twenty yards a play. Yeah. And ninety yards a game. Mm-hmm. And the other good thing I've heard really at the moment is um, they did an interview of Osweiler, and they, he actually mentioned Will Fuller's work ethic was amazing. Yep. So you know, some if you've got those kind of stats in college, you could have just walked in there and gone down. Yeah, the big boy. I don't have to do anything, but uh, looks like he's really putting the effort in as well. So I'm quietly confident about Will Fuller yeah. being a, a deep threat there. Off the top of my head, I can remember him running a four point three two a forty yard dash at the combine, <laughs> which was the fastest among wide receivers. All right, Rainbow. So you're, you're welcome for that. As well. <laughs> you're welcome for that. I have one. For those who don't know, though. The king loves the combine. I think if you didn't have a season, just had more combines, you'd oh, be, be happy. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be amazing. I um, I have a couple of questions for you about that pick. Oh, go on then. Uh, first, Here we go. First one. I'm just going to say a name and then put a question mark after it. Brock <laughs> Osweiler. Yeah. That was it. Name question mark. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. Uh, Brock Osweiler is a quarterback for the. No, okay, so yeah, Brock Osweiler. He is inconsistent. Yeah. Um, but he's who got... throws Will Fuller the ball? Well, I'm assuming Brock Osweiler right, is going to okay. throw the ball. That's fine. He's been doing it all right in preseason. I mean, I don't know. If, I know we're not really going to talk about preseason, but they have actually been hooking up. 
Yeah. And and doing it there. So if they're doing it in pre-season, I can only assume it's going to carry over and they're building up a relationship. You can hear by the interview, I just told you, the quote. Yeah. So, you know, this boy is explosive. He and is I think explosive. that Osweiler has got a much better arm than Peyton did last season, obviously. So it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Solid. My other question. There's, there's a question hopefully answered. Yeah, no, that was a good I'm answer. Just so scared now, you're asking me questions. That was a good answer. <laughs> the other issue I have, yeah. essentially, with yeah. Fuller is I had a question mark about his ability to run a full route tree coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He typically, the reason he had such good yards per catch average was because he typically ran go routes. Yeah. So he's running straight down the field. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> that is conducive? To having a break up well, yeah, he's gonna have some highlight plays, but is he gonna get the ball the whole time if he can't run the full route tree? Well, I don't know he can't run the full route tree. I don't either, but I think <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> you don't know that he can't. I think So I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, okay? Yeah. I think that if you can count in your head, then you should know how many steps you've got to take before you make a cut. Yeah. Um it shouldn't be the most difficult thing in the world to learn deep routes and deep routes and Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's the comeback and the out routes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, if I he think... can learn that, I, I I don't. I'm not just being. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. I know you are. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I I think he is explosive. But yeah, that that was my question mark about him. But to be fair, it, does he need to do that with Hopkins? Possibly. No, not. Well, Hopkins. Why am I winning you the argument? It's ridiculous. <laughs> he feels sorry for me. No, now. good pick though. I like that. I like that pick. All right, and as you said, I've got to do two. So my second one is another one that I mentioned in a previous podcast: the right. defensive rookie of the year. Robert Kandichi. Kandichi, he's gone rookie, rookie. Ooh, wow. Well, yeah, but this is breakout stars. Yeah, it is. Know. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So, look, again, look at the stats. Six foot four, 296 pounds out of Ole Miss. This boy is a beast. He is a beast. And, uh, he's, I mean, this guy, he skipped the final year of college. And when you've got people like Kalei Campbell, um, Patrick Peterson, and Tyron Matthew uh, to mentor him, yeah, I think that is, oh, man... Yeah, that is that is a great group to come into. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw on All or Nothing last season what kind of a, a, a team they are. Uh, you've got Bruce Arians there as a great coach. So, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what he can do on the interior. Yeah, I'm interested to see that, actually, because from seeing the All or Nothing series and how Bruce Arians treats everyone, not yeah. just, <laughs> not you know, he doesn't, he doesn't sort of ignore the stars or, or you know, up-and-coming players. Um, one of the questions about Kandichi was him taking plays off and being a bit lazy because actually yeah. he was so dominant when he fancied it. Mm. In a game against Alabama where he just, he was the best player on the field by far. Mm-hmm. But And, and it's, it's probably easy in college to get up for Alabama because they're typically ranked number one in the Rare country. Enough. But when he was playing the lesser schools, you know, didn't necessarily flash or show anything on tape like he did in that big game. So mm-hmm. that, that was the question mark. Arians isn't going to let him get away with that. No. So I think you're absolutely right. And and um, the uh, the snaps as well. If he can actually get on the field enough, then he's going to have an opportunity to... Uh, think to I think I read Arians was talking about 20 to 25 snaps a game. So That's enough to uh, make a difference. Exactly, but not too much that he's going to get knackered out. So yeah. And also, if he knows he's only doing 20 to 25 snaps, it means he's got to be on it to really impress because you know they have got other options at yeah. um, defensive tackle. So... Yeah, I just think hopefully we're going to see some massive plays out of this guy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be a bit of a breakout there. It's going to give a lot, he's hopefully going to give a lot more toughness to that interior line. Yep. Yep. uh, For the cards. Give him another step. 
Fantastic. I, I cannot dispute that pick. I All like right, that. So pick. it's enough of mine. Let's have your second one, King. Well, I'm, I'm funny enough, I'm going to go with another player who was recruited number one out of high school into college. Right. Play Started off the same position as Kandichi, as in, well, Kandichi defensive started end. off as a defensive end, yeah. Judavian Clowney. Right. First overall pick. Don't Not often you see them as breakout stars. <laughs> but yeah, Clowney, Houston Texans, defensive end. Didn't particularly perform very well last season. 40 tackles, four and a half sacks. He did, however, have six pass, passes defender because he is a freak. Yeah. Um, freakishly athletic. And he huge. did get better. Let's, let's have he it did. right. Yeah, he last was improving. season, he did get better as he went on. He was improving, absolutely. Um, you know, and started the season injured as well. So I think that was probably, mm-hmm. it's probably good for him to get a taster. Um, he only played 13 games as well last season and only started nine of them because of that injury. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, hopefully if he can stay fit for a full season... If he plays anything like he's been playing in the preseason, he is lighting it up at the moment, which mm-hmm. is which is awesome. Uh, and you know, you want to see those. You don't want to see draft busts. I don't like seeing draft no. busts. I want to see everyone get picked and play really well. Yeah, because it makes the league more entertaining. Yeah, and if he can perform opposite JJ Watt, their pass rush is scary good. Mm-hmm. Scary good. So if they can, well, if he, can, <laughs> I, I can see him getting to maybe fifteen sacks this season, Jadavian Clowney. Which is a massive up with, from the with four Will and a half. Fork as the tackle. Yeah, Will Fork just plug in the middle. <laughs> yeah, Will Fork plug in the middle, and those like, those two he like, demands double team on his hunt. own. Let him go hunt quarterbacks. That's all he needs to do. So yeah, if he can get to 15, 15 uh, sacks, I don't think he's going to ever have the sort of middle linebacker hundred tackles. But if he can get into the 50, 60 range, and uh, and get fifteen sacks, maybe sort of trying up the passes defended to double digits as well, he could seriously be one of the top top sort of five or six defensive ends in the league by the end of the season which I think he's got all of the attributes and talent to be but is it difficult when you're not even the best defensive end on your team he's the, he's he's playing opposite arguably the best defensive end ever yeah. so I don't necessarily think that's too big a deal right. personally I think it's you know there's hopefully it's good to push him no this is true absolutely why am I arguing for you? <laughs> no, I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you have two players that play very well. There's, you know, there's there's absolute legends within the sport, which I think JJ Watt ultimately will become and, and probably already is. And then there's other really good all-pro players that are still Hall of Famers. You know, mm. there, there, there's going to be that disparity. He's just, it, 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 if anything, it helps him because Watt gets so much attention, it might free up some space for clowning. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he is my next... Well, he is my next breakout star. <laughs> that is in the books now. That is in the books. All right, so you heard it here He's first. that guy. Excellent. So my last one then, King. Okay, yeah. You're going to love this one. Yep. Because I'm I'm going to do your solid now. Yep. Melvin Gordon the oh, third. Love that pick. Melvin Gordon the third. Say where he plays for. <laughs> Wisconsin. Nice. Oh, he plays for the Chargers he now. He plays for the Chargers now. But he did play for the Wisconsin Badgers. He did, yeah. 6-2. Yeah. He's taller than I thought. Yeah, he's big Because I usually see him sitting down on the bench. He is but, a big uh, boy. Um, 6'2", 215 pounds, um, according to Wikipedia anyway. Yep. I checked multiple sources. Yep. Um, did all right through college, didn't he? Over 2,500 yards, 29 touchdowns on the rush, three touchdowns passing. Did have surgery in January. Mm-hmm. But um, he's looking pretty good through the preseason. And I think the fact that he had such a bad last year means that you can legitimately call him a breakout star for 2016. Yeah, definitely. Providing he, he keeps going the way he's going. Yeah, absolutely. I think he struggled with his vision last year. He just couldn't find open holes, which 
Certainly in the preseason, Crazy. he looks to have addressed. Yep. But um, yeah, so hopefully I'm well. Of course, I'm hopeful. He's placed my team, but um, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I, I like that pick just purely for the fact he plays for the Chargers. <laughs> okay, we're not going to argue with this one then. No, we're not. I'm not. I'm not going to argue at all. <laughs> I hope you're right more than anything. Well, it's like we just said we want players to come in and play as good as they're supposed to play. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it was a bit of a shame really last season for Melvin Gordon because. There was a lot of pressure on him, especially when Todd Gurley started doing what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made it worse, I think, for Gordon. Or showed up the fact that he wasn't having a great first year. And it doesn't always happen straight away for players. No. Sometimes it does take a year or two to get into it. Yeah, there's a stigma attached to being a first-round running back as well. Because so many of the starting running backs in the league aren't aren't first-round picks. A lot of them are undrafted. So it's... It's not necess- some some teams just will not categorically will not draft a, a running back in the first round. So no, it, not anymore. It only heightens expectations because you know you see these undrafted players rushing for over a thousand yards. You automatically assume these first rounders are going to do fifteen, sixteen hundred yards in their rookie season. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was a dis- it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was a disappointing first season for him, but all, all signs all signs point to a better year this year. You took a lot of flack as a Chargers fan for that pick. Yeah, I, d- I didn't. I didn't agree with the pick myself, but it's luckily you've moved on from your first round pick. Um, <laughs> Woes. Yeah, thank you. For that one. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yes, indeed, indeed. Can I say mine then? Oh god, rather Nicky. than you ridicule my let's, charges, <laughs> let's tie it all up with a nice bow. Yeah. So I'm also going with the running back. Yeah. I'm going with a rookie this year in Ezekiel Elliott. Speaking mm. of first round running backs that mm. have a stigma attached to Yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, so um, running back for the Dallas Cowboys, we touched on him briefly. He is playing behind the best offensive line in football, which helps as a running back, <laughs> yeah. I've heard anyway. Um, in college, in his last two seasons, he had uh, 1,800 yards in both of those seasons. Not combined. Both of those seasons, 1,800 rushing yards. He also had a combined 41 touchdowns in those two seasons. The guy is a dynamic playmaker. Yes. You're welcome for those stats. Yeah, thanks. Because that just reaffirms my point. This guy's going to come in and light the league up. So you think fantasy people drafting this weekend potentially should go for Elliot? I think, yeah. First first two rounds. Ooh. I would say that high. I think he's going to be a beast. He's also got an just underrated... Just a note here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, okay. I'm considering him. But um, under, underrated catching ability as well. Because sometimes, occasionally, a lot of these running backs don't catch the ball out of the backfield coming out of college. Mm. Ezekiel Elliott has played in the slot. Like He is used to catching the ball. So he's going to be dynamic in both phases, the run and the pass game. And we already touched on the fact he can block. And he's going to have some, you know, he's going to have some highlight blocks on some blitzing safeties. Um, the ability to block keeps him in the game. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah, it gives it, it. Yeah, especially if he can block and then you know come out and and be an option on third down to try and sort of make miss a couple of tackles and then get the get the first down. But I just think he's special and he's seemed game as well. Like he seems super up for it this week against the Seahawks. Twice he tried running through Cam Chancellor. One yeah, time, yeah. one time it was pretty even. The second time he actually did run over Cam Chancellor, which. As a rookie, most people he you could see him look as well. Saw it was him and went, "I'm having you." There's only a couple of players in the league that you really shouldn't do that to. No, Cam Chance is one of them. No, absolutely. And I was so impressed when I saw him do that. I was like, "Wow, this guy is game. He is yeah. up for this." And add that to the fact he's just scary talented. Yeah, you know, he could be something special. Mm. So I'm excited. I'm excited about Ezekiel Elliott. Any any issues Mm-mm-mm. with that pick? Well, let's hope he doesn't turn into Melvin Gordon. For this year. Wow. Okay. 
Well, let's hope he does turn into Melvin Gordon this year if Melvin this Gordon's year, breaking out. The next, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for confusing us all, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, that, that tasted pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have a quick break, but join us again for part three. Welcome back to part three of the Jim and the King and therefore podcast. We've just talked about our breakout stars for 2016. So in our final part, obviously we can't talk about predictions because we're not talking about preseason games. We've got to talk about your team, King. Yeah, yeah. We've got to talk about the Chargers and the boy called Joey Bosa. Well, he signed now, which is important, which he is the reason for talking. He did finally sign. He did, yeah. When everyone else, every, all the other 32 teams, had, or 31 teams for the first round, had drafted their players, had them in for preseason summer camps, had them in there for the preseason games. They played three games now. One player didn't have that luxury. No, he didn't. Joseph, Joey, Jojo, Bosa. Yep, Joey Bosa. Tell me about Joey Bosa then, Elliot, because you picked this guy. Well, you, you, you called it before they announced it on the podium. I did. Yeah. I did. So you, you knew they were going to pick Bosa. When Mike Mayock was uh, was calling an audible somewhere else, you went, nah, they're going for Bosa. <laughs> Everyone yeah. started scratching their heads. Yeah, well, so I, come on, why why is why has this happened? Well, he he was he just wasn't happy with the contract, was he? He wanted the, I I'm I'm not a contract expert, so I'm not going going to go into too much detail. They the Chargers essentially wanted offset language, which meant that they wouldn't have to pay the full guaranteed money if he was to either retire early or to get injured. And the um, problem with that offset language for obviously people like us who are laymen is that it doesn't show a lot of confidence in your player that they're going to make it all the way through their rookie contract without either getting injured beyond repair mm-hmm. or having attitude problems that means you've got to release them yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> so but it's also it, it's also what the Chargers have done with every rookie so it's not as if yeah. he's, he's not the only person this isn't a, a new thing for them to do so from but, that perspective I can I understand why the Chargers have the offset language in every contract but since the new CBA in 2011, every rookie contract hasn't had the offset language in it. Not everyone. A lot do still. A lot do still have that. But yeah, this in particular, Bosa was not comfortable with that. Mm. Um, they, uh, from what I've heard, I haven't actually looked into delve too much into the contract. The charges still have the offset language they're looking for. Just Bosa's getting the money up front, which is when he wanted it to be paid. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the uh, the details of that, King. Yeah, fantastic. So it's twenty five point eight million. Yeah. As the four year contract mm-hmm. plus, and that's seventeen million signing bonus. That's all fully guaranteed. Yeah, that's the highest from for a San Diego Charger ever. Yes. But something's gone wrong here for it to even get to this point because San Diego really dug their heels in when they probably shouldn't have done, and. From the you know what I've been reading, yeah, it sounds like they kind of dug their heels in when they probably shouldn't have. When I I dis- other teams would have backed down on this. I disagree because I think it's a case of leverage. And Bosa, to be honest, didn't have a lot. No, um, you know, and the Chargers. It was embarrassing for the Chargers because the fact they even had a third overall pick suggested how poor they were last season. So they wanted clearly they wanted that player to come in and you know, be a help immediately. And that wasn't the case. So it was embarrassing, to be honest, it was embarrassing for both sides. Mm. Do you um, know the last time that the Chargers had a top 10 pick? 
I don't actually know. 2004. 2004. Wow, that was fully ripped, right? Mm. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And they had problems with him on the contract. They did indeed. They did. Um, Make a bit of a habit of this. Yeah, a little bit. It's yeah. F- from from my standpoint, I just think that. Um, well, if I was the Chargers, I wouldn't have backed down either. I think that you can't do that as an organisation because then every player will just hold out from a contract negotiation standpoint. Mm. Uh, similar to, you know, what the Broncos did. The Broncos found a happy medium with Von Miller, and that sort of goes unnoticed. Von Miller was holding out at the same time. I know he's an established veteran. I'm not comparing Bosa to Von Miller as a player. But it's a similar contract situation where one player wanted X amount of money. The team wasn't willing to give it. Yeah. And they held out for a bit and then sort of it got swept under the rug. The problem is, because Bosa, it wasn't just a random free agent. He was the only non-signed rookie. Yeah. It was just, it was so much more in the headlines than, than the Von Miller situation. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I agree with both parties, to be honest with you. Von Miller, uh, sorry, Joey Bosa got what he wanted. Yeah, you didn't get Von Miller. No, he didn't, sadly. <laughs> well, hopefully we have. Um, hopefully we have. But yeah, it's... Well, Bosa got the upfront money that he wanted and the Chargers kept their offset language. So actually, I think all in all, besides the fact it was a complete waste of time and it's cost Bosa probably the first four or five games to get himself used to the defence. Um, you know, it's it, both parties should be happy with, with what's happened now and just <laughs> move on and just move on. <laughs> I don't think either side can be happy, can they? I mean... Well, yeah. Okay, you talked about it's going to take five games for Bosa to get used to the the speed of the NFL and to get used to to playing those games. But what's it going to be like in the locker room? Do you think is there going to be any friction there with other players? The fact that he did hold out so long, or I don't think so. Antonio... He, hasn't, he hasn't been with that team now, has he? So... I, I don't think it matters. Um, Philip Rivers held out as a rookie to get yeah. a contract. Antonio Gates has held out as a veteran to get a contract. I I think the players understand when these guys do it. There's used to the Chargers putting the. <laughs> Putting the drawbridge up. Yeah, pretty well. It happens with all teams, doesn't it? Revis has done it with the Jets. There's, there's been lots of players that have held out to get contracts. I don't necessarily think it's just the Chargers. And and players understand that, you know, the window to play football is very small. So go get your money while you can. I don't think anyone's going to begrudge him. They're going to begrudge him as a, you know, because, well, begrudge the fact that he's not necessarily, you know, isn't as far along as he should be if he was there. But I don't think they're going to be angry with him, the fact that he hasn't, you know that he, uh, you know, he was adamant he wanted X amount guaranteed and and wanted it all paid on this date, and you know he got it. So fair play to him. I think the weirdest thing for me is that it's of all the players in the first round to hold out, it's Joey Bosa, the one that really shouldn't have gone third overall. That everyone was like, oh, uh? when it happened, and you just think you would be itching to sign a contract, just get on with it and get your head down, but. Yeah. This guy, whether it was his dad talking in his ear or his agent or someone mm-hmm. saying, no, you deserve all of it up front. And, you know, mm-hmm. something's gone gone horribly wrong there. And I don't know if he thought he had more leverage than he did have. Eventually, it always ends up bad for the player. Yeah. Because if they still were holding out now, he's got very few options apart from maybe to re-enter the draft in 2017. And does a team want to take him on? At that point, well, that means not getting paid for a year as well. Yeah, you're not paid for a year, and no. also you're then taking the risk of not getting drafted the next time round. Yeah, because teams might think you're poisonous for. Yeah, it's difficult. The holdout. Yeah, it's difficult. It's um, well, these sign up. My view is generally like move on. I I think to your point around him not 
necessarily being or a shock that he was the third overall pick. I mm. don't I don't think he wasn't deserving of it. I think he was a good player. I had some question marks over his character, you know, when people were sort of pulling him apart and, and he didn't necessarily perform as well in, in the drills at the Combine. Yeah, the bad had a combine. Bit... I mean, you love a combine, and he had a bad combine. He did have a bad combine. I didn't. I'm not necessarily worried about the the figures. He's a defensive end. He's got a crazy bull rush. I don't expect him to have an amazing 40 yard dash. No. I, d- I want him to. I want him to push a, a tackle back 10 yards and suck a quarterback. But it wasn't just that. It was the interview process as well. Apparently, that, with that the was what I was going to say. He didn't get on well with the the team principals, did he? No, he just he didn't do no he didn't do very well. What what I had an issue and with, then complained to the media about. Yeah, it was it was the the tweets following um, the scrutiny he received um, yeah. about you know him basically just having a bit of a hissy fit. Um, I didn't agree with that. I I didn't feel good about that. Was my biggest question mark? He clearly was immature. Is he going to deal with the spotlight? Well, I don't know. He's going to be under massive scrutiny now that he has held out. Mm-hmm. Um, and his contract's higher than Jared Goff's, who was taken first <laughs> overall. So, you know, he is going to have some pressure. Yeah. Let's just hope he can deal with it better than he did at the Combine. Um, but as far as what they're getting, uh, sorry, just to move on to no, that. No, go on, yeah. Is, you know, he was... Let's hear something new about Joey Bosa. Well, it's, it's, what, he's coming into a team that was 24th in the league last season in sacks. They only have 32 as a whole team. You've got Melvin Ingram, he's... he's he played reasonably well. But he's a good player. He's under, underrated. And yeah. he has been injured a lot. So He was bad he for his more. first couple of years and he seems to have emerged the last the last two, which is good, but and hopefully can continue that. Um, but, you know, he would have been another failed first round pick. So I hope that he he continues, you know, this ascendance, which is great. It's, it's Bosa had 26 sacks in college. 13 and a half of those were in 2014 the season that Ohio State won the championship. Mm-hmm. He also, that year, had 21 and a half tackles for a loss. The guy is disruptive. He gets in the backfield, whether he's he's blowing up plays in the run game. It's disruptive or he's, before the preseason started. He, he is indeed, but whoop, it's... Whoop. it's um, for, like I said, we just need to forget that now and move on. Yeah. Like he's, you know, if he can come in and, and get double-digit sacks and double-digit tackles for a loss, then, you know, that was worth it. That debate was absolutely worth it. Because he will make a huge difference. Because if we can get the same output from everyone else and add an extra 10 sacks, all of a sudden that rises us up to the top 10 in sacks in the season. So he literally could be the difference between having a distinctly average to porous defence um, to actually having a sort of average to good defence. Because mm. pass rush, you look at what Denver did. Denver had, everyone said they had the best defence. Denver led the league in sacks last season and by quite some margin. Mm. And everything you you make quarterbacks make bad decisions if you can put pressure on them, and if he can he, if he can deliver that, we've got Jason Verrett and people on the back end who are re- you know Verrett's brilliant, but you know we've got other players who are solid that can you know can do a job. Problem is they're having to guard players for you know seven eight nine seconds because we've not got the pass <laughs> yeah. rush there. So if he can if he can come in and, and perform to a similar level, you know he Bose is getting thirteen and a half sacks in college. But he was also getting double and triple teamed, which he's unlikely to do in the pros, unless he suddenly comes out and does amazing. Mm. But even so, that'll free up players like Melvin Ingram or Corey Legit um, to come in and get sacks themselves. So I think he is going to make a big difference. Um, oh, you, you definitely needed some help there. Oh, absolutely. I think I don't. I, you know, I wondered where he was going to fit because I thought he was more of a four-three guy. But you know, if they're going to put him defensive end, you know, with Ingram outside him or someone like that, that'd be. Um, 
you know that, that that's dangerous. That's dangerous from a pass rush perspective because to get to get pass rush from the interior is huge. You look you know look at players like Aaron Donald who've been doing it and how you know how highly sought after those players are. If he can be anything like that, that'd be amazing. So and I guess another advantage he's got is that for defensive ends the playbook is pretty you know straightforward isn't it just, oh he's just going to rush the just passer rush the, rush the passer he, until we can tell you how to move back and do coverage he, he did he did play linebacker in college so he um, he, he sort of played with his hand in the dirt but also um, ha- has dropped into mainly zone he doesn't often didn't often play man at Ohio State but he has played some zone coverage mm-hmm. so he's actually a bit further along than I think people expect him to be just purely because he looks so big he's yeah. reasonably athletic um, you know he can cover the slower tight ends or if you put him in zone, he's he's more than equipped to drop back into coverage and and sort of do a job there as well. So uh, he 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 is versatile. He's more versatile than I think people give him credit for. Well, I think that's the problem, isn't it? Everything's been overshadowed with this contract talk, and before that, it was the yeah. whole combine. And you, we, no one's talking about. No, is he any good? It's <laughs> a shame because he could have come in and had four or five sacks in the preseason, and everyone's going, "Wow, this guy's you know this guy's defensive rookie of the be year." The third pick. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's just you know he's still he's not silenced those doubters. Because you know this contract, this contract talks just messed up his ability to actually get on the field. So mm. that's inter- it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I hope, hopefully, because that, that they'll just limit the playbook for him and just tell him to go get a quarterback, which would we need anyway. So I'm yeah. happy with that. But um, t- sorry, I can talk about the charges all day. But, <laughs> um, I think you have been. Feels like you have, man. I'm excited about I'm excited about um, Keenan Allen, especially since he got paid as well, because we mm-hmm. got a really good deal. Yeah. I think he's one of the you know I think he's a he's a genuine number one receiver. Oh, he's great! And we got him for number two receiver money because I think he's had a couple of injuries and actually he was just happy to get that a long term deal. With Keenan Allen is that he just doesn't stay fit, does he? He doesn't. But if we're paying for ten games of a number one receiver, but only playing for a number two, I think we'll both teams that. again will be happy with that. Yeah. Um, Henry looks good as well. Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry. At tight end, that will help Rivers. You've got to start the transition out of Antonio Gates, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Henry's, um, but Henry was the, you know, was the consensus number one tight end coming out of college this year. So that was a really good pickup in the second round for us. We mm-hmm. needed to help. We needed to help Rivers in this draft, and you know, if we didn't do it in the first round, which you know, obviously we didn't with Bosa, um, we went. Any, got... Anyone else in there, King? Anyone else you want to talk about in the Chargers? Yeah, standout linebacker for me this oh, season on. I think someone who could emerge into that elite middle linebacker um, status is Denzel Perryman he is he is playing really well he's doing really well he's um, we got him second round last year out of Miami mm-hmm. um, and he's just flashing on film to me I'm watching I'm watching these games and I'm just seeing flashes of, of brilliance if he can you know re- keep that consistency up I, I don't see him as like a Keekly type but Maybe a Bowman, someone who's just going to you know stop the run and and is you know is is adequate in the in the pass game. There's not that many of the sort of dual threat, you know, run stopping and also as good as a cornerback in yeah. in coverage. But yeah, if he can be adequate in in sort of again zonal zonal schemes when he's dropping back into coverage, but you know he's going to have some of these light up plays where he's just going to. Hopefully, shore up shore up our run defense. It's not quite year. the same position, but does he negate the loss of Eric Riddle? Um, to some extent, because Weddle was so good at picking up these these like draw plays, mm-hmm. um, delayed runs. So if if Perryman can, I think p- probably not from a play standpoint because, like you said, they're different positions. But 
hopefully from a defensive leadership standpoint, because Weddle was that leader on the defence. Yeah. So if Perryman can step up and, and really take, you know, take that take that leadership role, that would that would really help the defence. And it's always good to have the the leader of your defence at middle linebacker. So yeah, fingers crossed he steps up. But watch watch this space. Perryman for me is gonna be an elite linebacker by the end of the season. Oh, I like this week. This is the week, you know, before a, a proper game's played where you can get excited about the season. Mm. You can start looking at the Chargers players and picking out, you know, oh, it could be this year, it could be could be great. I don't think it could be this year. I don't think we're <laughs> going to win the Super Bowl. But I think that we could make big strides and hopefully not be picking third overall. What 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 do you reckon the end score is going to be? 5-11? Um, 6 and 10? Do you know what? Somewhere between 6 and 10 and 8 and 8. 6 and 10 and 8 and 8. Somewhere between. Okay. between oh, okay. I think, I think we're going to make, you know, we're going, to, we're going to be improved and do reasonably well. It helps we've got an elite quarterback in Philly Riff. So. I'm not going to argue with you, King. I never do. No? Except, uh, you know, when I have to. Yes, which indeed. Which is often. It is. And frequent. Yes. <laughs> Not long to the season, though, right? Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait because we're going to be doing this every week. And it's, you know, we wanted to start off early for you guys so we can get some out there just so you know what we're talking about. Um, and, but you know now, that, and you know that we know what we're talking about. Or they know that bit. we know. At least a little bit. Some of it, yeah. We don't know everything, but when well, you do, but. I don't. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, everyone, that's been listening over the last couple of weeks and getting those hits up on SoundCloud. We're now officially on iTunes, so you can catch us there. We're going to be endeavouring to spread out onto the different podcast hosting sites our website's up as well so you can just type in jimandtheking.com you can see all that good stuff there um, we're going to be putting blogs out as well so the king's going to be writing some stuff he did write a l- large piece on joey bosa before the signing no point talking about it now we've just talked about it on the pod but there's loads of stuff on there you can catch us on twitter at jim and the king you can check out our instagram at jim and the king um, just hit us up ask us some questions up anything you want us to talk about but uh, until then until next week King it's going to be our last one before the start of the, the actual 2016 season I've been Jim that's the King and thanks so much for listening <laughs>